0: It's Cofield and Company.
1: No one, and I mean no one, is going to outwork this guy. The man has unstoppable energy. Steve Cofield.
0: We like Steve. (laughs) But we don't love Steve. It's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield. On ESPN Las
1: Vegas. And we know it because we feel it in our bones.
2: Get the extended version. All right, here we go on a Friday. Willie Ramirez, Steve Cofield, Ari, Finley Toyota Studios. Much to get to on this busy Friday. We got breaking news, not the greatest breaking news uh, coming out of the NFL. We got the uh, Elite Eight going down in the National Football League. We'll give our picks, leans, likes a little later on. John von Tobel is in from Vison towards the end of the show, and actually a shortened show today because. We will be handing it off to the Kevin Kruger Radio Show at Bailiwick inside the Orleans Casino. Happy Hour is uh, going down in just a little bit. Food starting at 6 bucks, $2 off all alcoholic beverages, as they put it. So check it out, Bailiwick inside the Orleans. Get down there, watch the Kevin Kruger Radio Show coming up right after
0: Cofield & Company at 5 o'clock. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA.
2: Well, so we get ready to watch the Chiefs this weekend against the Bills. Interesting Raider-related news with the Chiefs. Saw this come down that uh, one Damon Arnett will be given another shot. We'll see how long he lasts. With the Kansas City Chiefs, Arnett will be connected to this last era of Raiders football. Really forever, because when we talk about the next GM, the next coach, what Rich Passaccia did in holding the team together, our Nets name will always be mentioned as a guy who came up way short as a first-round pick and then flamed out because he was acting like a jackass up on social media and probably acting like a fool often. In we'll call it real life instead of social media. So, you know, it's weird in some ways. Kansas City has become like the new Al Davis Raiders, right? Let's fix them. You know, Tark, Father Flanagan, we can fix them. We'll give guys second and third chances. So we'll see if Damon Arnett works out for the Kansas City Chiefs. They've got some guys on the roster that are given second chances to, first and foremost, Tyreek Hill. By the way, their timing is impeccable because Arnett is brought in right as Willie Gay was arrested. Now, if you're going to sit here as a Raiders fan in Las Vegas and you're like, ah, the Chiefs. Oh, what an organization. Unbelievable. Kind of embarrassing. Kind of embarrassing. We've got another police blotter story about Nate Hobbs that just came down. I'm not going to sit here and lecture. I think time and place on this one is really important. But, Willie, what are we seeing on, you know, sadly, one of the guys that the Gruden-Mayock team actually (coughs) hit on, right? They picked him late in the draft. He went out there. He had a pretty good year. Merrick was great. But they actually fortified some of their – Problems with a defensive backfield with Hobbs, and talk about a lapse in judgment again, or is this just like I don't
3: care, Nate Hobbs? I, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Um, one of the local news stations, their investigative team, has learned that Nevada State Police Highway Troopers cited Hobbs for driving 110 miles per hour on the 215 Beltway. Less than two weeks after he was charged with DUI, with the DUI over at sleeping in his car, the Cromwell. At, which at the Cromwell, I, Ar- I had
2: every other name of the place go through my head first: Barbary Coast, and then Bill's Saloon, or whatever it was called, Wild Bill's Gambling Saloon.
3: Yeah, whatever
2: um, it was. But uh, yeah, so Hobbs, two weeks after that, publicly embarrassed, was given a reprieve, was allowed to play, and then uh, driving a little over the speed limit on the two
3: fifteen. But what's more alarming is not just the fact that he did this after being charged with the DUI but but 3 months after the tragic crash with Tina Tintor
2: yeah, so two incidents of, of, of
3: 150 miles i mean right. so whether he was under the influence or not but just firing it up i mean i i don't get it i don't understand and then but you have um you have this case pending and you know, maybe David Chesnoff has him so confident that <laughs> maybe, oh, you know, maybe a little too confident. Yeah. So hey, screw it. I'm just going to go Who out knows? there. Maybe, maybe he really wasn't going 110.
2: Who knows? We'll see what the defense is.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um. Yeah. It's it's just troublesome to see. And and here's the thing. I mean, we've all gone over the speed limit. I, I mean, you know, five miles an hour, ten, ten miles over. But it's the Cavalier attitude that it seems like some people have, you know, um, constantly, not just in Las Vegas, but the Cavalier attitude of the upper tier income people, professional athlete, whatever it may be, I can buy my way out of it. Um, but in this situation, considering it's the Raiders, considering what just took place in October, um, it, it really doesn't make sense. Uh,
2: VGK last night. Hey, they got it done in the end. What was your take? You seem to be a little disappointed.
3: Yeah, I was it was it was uh it it wasn't pretty. I can tell you that. It was it was about as ugly a win as you could get. I mean, even though it went back and forth and they went it was one nothing, golden knights, then one one, then two one golden knights and two two, then three two Canadians and then three to three before the overtime winner. From Carlson. Um, I was a little disappointed in terms of the lack. I've said this now a couple of times and and it and and it and it didn't strike me until I was in the Pittsburgh Penguins post-game pressure and Jeff Carter was in there and he was talking about the veterans that went in there in after the first period, they were down three-nothing to the Golden Knights. He said, I'm not going to say who and I'm not going to say what, but things were said by, you know, guys that have championships, guys with experience, guys that have been in this league a lot longer than us. I would have to assume that Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malka, uh, Malkin, you know, guys that, you know, veteran guys who have a right to say whatever it was that we said. One one person, one uh, reporter, pressed Carter, he said, he goes, well, can you tell us what we said? He goes, uh, we're good. And he just kind of said no because there must have been some swearing. They came out and played with. They didn't just come play. Come out and play with deli- deliberate, or with a purpose. They played angry. When are the Golden Knights going to come out and play angry? Because I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that in a while. I didn't see that ever since this in this home stand that they went three three and two, um, angry. And I, people are, other media members and the Golden Knights in press conferences have said to me personally when I've asked this, because beyond the pads and the skates, they're human beings. That homecoming week, that revenge week, I don't care what you tell me. Nobody's going to convince me different. You can tweet at me, DM me. Media members can scoff at me that think that they know so much more about hockey. But you know what? Human beings are human beings. They lost an edge when they were going against their former teammates and didn't go all out and balls to the wall. I don't care that it was Paul Stastny, Nate Schmidt, Ryan Reeves, Marc-Andre Fleury, whatever. You hit, you check, you move, you fight, you swing, you punch. You want to win a Stanley Cup, you're a contender. And I haven't seen that anger. But you know what? I saw those guys come in and do it. They didn't didn't play to hurt anybody, but they played with a purpose. They played angrily. The Montreal Canadiens, they came in here with eight wins under their belt. One of the worst teams in the Hawk in NHL. And they look like the Canadiens that frustrated Vegas last year in the conference semi or in the, in the Stanley Cup semis. I like this.
2: We're going to play on this. Playing angry, playing with a sense of urgency. We'll get to what UNLV basketball did last night at Air Force in about 20 minutes. But up next, Mark McMillan, our football insider, checks in. Wow, this is a good one. Got hooked up with Pro Football Hall of Famer, the former Buffalo Bill, Andre Reed, as they'll break down the Chiefs and the Bills. And we'll also talk about the uh, Raiders' future here in Las Vegas as they try to pull everything together with a new GM and a new head coach.
0: Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova Loan Officer. 877-700-NOVA. Back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio.
2: Back here at ESPN Las Vegas, Mark McMillan is in. Our football insider always has a special guest. And today, Mark, we've got a uh, pro football Hall of Famer. Guy who's uh, got all his Bills gear out. One of the greatest Buffalo Bills in the uh, history of the organization.
4: (laughs) Fire away, Mark. Go ahead. Oh, man. uh, This is always a pleasure, man, when I get a chance to talk to my man, Jay Reed. Hall of Famer. Andre Reed. I know. Uh, last year we had a chance to talk to uh, Biscuit. Uh, you know, with the Bills and the resurgence of the Bills. Right now, Bills Mafia is really feeling confident that they can go into Arrowhead. And yeah. The Chiefs.
1: How do you feel about this Bills football team this year? I don't know. You better look behind you. There's some Mafia behind you, bro. Let me tell you. Uh, let me tell you, Mark. This team. <laughs> if, if we go back to last year, pretty close to this time, this team played in the AFC Championship game in Arrowhead. And, you know, as a player in this league, you don't forget too many things that happen. You remember a lot of stuff. And you remember a game. You remember a play. You remember a situation. This team has remembered that. And although uh, right in the middle of the season, they kind of had a little dip, you know, like most teams do. Even Kansas City, at, at week five, after the Bills came to Arrowhead and beat them in week five, everybody, Stephen A., all the news stations, everybody's like, ooh, the Chiefs aren't the same team. I'm thinking, yeah, the Chiefs are the same team because teams, regardless how good they are, are going to go through something during the year where they got to they gotta realize that, yeah, people are coming to beat you, and you're the team to beat, and all that stuff, and that's what the Chiefs went through. The Chiefs are playing their best football in the last eight weeks of the season, last half of the season, and the Bills have been playing their best football in the last four weeks, so... It's a clash of titans coming into Arrowhead on Sunday. This is going to be a barn burner, guys. It's going to always, always these kind of games come out to one or two plays and special teams, or a coach's decision or a turnover. That's really what's going to be the deciding factor to me in this game. And and both teams are 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 good. There's no doubt about it. They got stars on both sides of the ball. Josh Allen has had a, I mean, he played a perfect game. You guys saw that game Sunday. Yeah. They had seven seven. Possession, seven touchdowns, no punts, no turnovers. He 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 missed four passes. I mean, the dude had like a one fifty nine rating. It's like go, it's like playing golf and you make every putt, every single putt. Like the whole day, you make every putt, and that's hard to do. Even the thirty footers, you make those. Yeah. So this is a team coming in Arrowhead with a lot of confidence, and again, you remember what happened. They remember what happened last year. Kansas City's always been a tough place to play. It's like Buffalo of the Midwest. Yeah. Um, you go to Kansas City, it's gonna be loud. It's gonna be red. It's gonna be crazy. You go to Buffalo, it's gonna be loud. You might have to jump through a table or two on fire. But <laughs> I was uh, I was going to hit on
4: that. I was going to hit on that table thing, man. I I I, I see people jumping off of RVs. I saw last week, I saw Thurman Thomas come out with the giddy. I saw Jim Kelly firing up the crowd.
1: That, you know what? Believe it or not, that surprised me most. First of all, it was like four degrees. So you had to do the (laughs) gritty, the giddy, and you had to do everything out there. But when he did that, I was like, I called him up. I said, what came out? What what were you thinking about there? He just like, man, first of all, I was cold. And I figured... I was freezing cold, <laughs> and I had to do something. So I was just going gritty right into the locker room. I was like, "Oh man, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was awesome, man!" But we know their fan bases. Mark, you know their Bills fans, fan base, um, yeah. fan base in Kansas. And these are two similar fan bases. They're good traveling. I mean, I think the Bills Mafia is the best traveling fans in all the sports, dude. Everywhere I go. If I go to an away game, we went to Tennessee this year, took over Nashville. You go to, they go to LA. I was at a, a Raiders game years ago in old, uh, the stadium they played in, that that little rock pile, whatever you want to call it, in Oakland.
2: <laughs> the uh, old
1: Alameda Common, uh, Stadium there. <laughs> I mean, they took that over, and it's hard to take Raider fans over. Yeah. So they are a great traveling team. They, they support their team wherever it is. Um, I, uh, I was at the Monday night game a few months a month and a half back when they lost to the Patriots and again they were thinking about that. Um they beat the brakes off the Patriots last week because they thought about that. They are uh they're full force those fans and there's no those those players know how important those fans are to them. And, and again, when they go away, they know they're going to show up.
2: Former Bills receiver Andre Reed is up on Cofield and Company.
1: I know know you are Mr.
4: Buffalo, Bill. Uh, You guys had some amazing teams with the four Super Bowls in a row. Um, You know, it took you a long time to get the gold jacket. Now, there's a lot of guys out there I know are deserving of the jacket, and I always talk about my guy Eric Allen. And I know when you were going through it, I know when you were going through it and every every time you invite me to your golf tournament, I was like, Man, how are you not in the Hall of Fame yeah. with the work that you've done? And if you're a defensive back and you had the guard guys like yourself and Tim Brown and Jerry Rice, as a player, we're like, what the hell are these voters thinking? Yeah. Uh, and you know, what was it like when you finally got that call that you got invited into the
1: prestigious Hall of Fame? Uh, you know, Mark, we talk, every time I see you, we we talk about, you know, different things and as players. <laughs> When you played against each other, it's a different vibe. But when you're off the field, it's like all that other stuff comes into play. Um, you know, you mentioned Eric Allen. I think he was one of the best defensive backs of his era. And he gets he, he doesn't get the love that he should. There's there's so many guys that don't get the love that they should. And that's why players that are in the hall don't have votes. They It's not like the Pro Bowl where they have an online. They do that online, but those votes don't count. Mm-hmm. People people think that when they vote for their guy, oh, he's got forty thousand. We got to get him to this. We got to give him that. Yeah. That's just forty thousand on the internet. That doesn't. It's not going into a. a, It's not going to them where they count those out. Right. So, obviously, Eric has you know his line of work was awesome. I mean, you get the best guy on you every time. I mean, people are like, who is the best corner? Who is it? I get the best guy. I had you on my head when we played Kansas City. It was Dale Carter and Hasty. And and you and all these other guys, you guys weren't going to let me run around. You going to make me work. And you did dehydrate that game. You did dehydrate. Yes, I, did. I I was and it caught me off guard. It caught me off guard. I just didn't think that that the Midwest dehydration factor came in. I mean, I was playing good. I had a touchdown, it did Yeah. This and came back to the huddle and I felt like somebody hit me in the back of the head and I was I was almost fainting. <laughs> Because it was so hot and it was so humid and I was out of the game. It took me out of the game. I couldn't get up. I couldn't even get up and I was done. Y'all probably were like, where's he at? I was over there like this, we got him out of the game, but what was it like? You know what it was like, you know, it's been seven years now. And you think about all the things you did as a player. Obviously the most important thing is winning football games. The the Hall of Fame is an individual thing, but it's mostly a team game. And I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been even in that position if it wasn't for Thurman Thomas and Jim Kelly and Bruce Smith and Daryl Tallies and all those guys around me because as an athlete, you expect somebody to lift you up. Yeah. And those guys lifted me up every single Sunday. I had, you know, hey. If you didn't play well in the meeting on, on Monday, you're going to get it. They were like, look here. Hey, we need to play better. You need to play better. You need to play better. And I don't know if they do that now in locker rooms. I don't think so. It's and guys are so more individualized outside of the locker room than they are now. Yeah. Um, because of social media and all that. But the accountability thing was – I'm sure they still have accountability now, but they don't have accountability like they have when we played because we didn't have all those outside distractions. You come to work. If you ain't, if you don't come to work to, to work and get things done and you don't show it on the field, we're going to have to talk to you about it. Bottom line, that was it. It was, it was cut and dry. And those guys made me better every Sunday. And I wouldn't have been the player. I mean, of course, you got to do the work and all that, but wouldn't have been even close to the player I was if I didn't feel I was accountable to them. Also,
2: Pro Football Hall of Famer, the former Buffalo Bill, Andre Reed, alongside Mark McMillan, right here on ESPN Las Vegas.
4: I, I know you do a lot of uh, work uh, back in your hometown. Uh, you got a stadium named after you as well. Uh, you do a lot of good stuff uh, in, in, in the community with kids, giving back. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I always, always uh, uh, speak highly of you is you always give back and. You know, guys can get the status, and they can get the gold jacket, and they can get all the accolades. But if you, if guys ever meet you in person, you're the same dude. Funny, you would sit down and talk to anybody. Real yeah. humble, cracking jokes, and I always oh, admire that we about you, jokes man. All the time. As as an athlete, uh, you know, some guys, you know, kind of shine away. They they get the accolade. They're like, ah, uh, you know, too big. You, bro. If I see you, it's all love. You Kiss on the cheek. Uh, we're hanging out, uh, so so, man. Kudos to what you're doing. If there's anything that you know you like to talk about
1: about your foundation and what you're doing back yeah. back home from Cookstown, man. Cookstown, yeah, <laughs> a little cow tipping town. <laughs> um, you know, Mark, um, you are who you are because of the people around you. You know, I I really uh, I was a family oriented guy when I was uh, you know a little guy. I didn't grow up in the best of families and. But one thing my family had that taught me, it taught me respect. They taught me accountability. They taught me how to be tough. They taught me all the things that I was going to need to this point right now, talking to you guys, because you those things are with you for the rest of your life. And if somebody is constantly reminding you of that, you really have to be pretty ignorant not to know what it means. Mm-hmm. And we see this all the time in sports and all the time in life that there's a lot of people that you figure out you're like, how come you don't get that? Because if you get those things, success is a lot easier. It's, it's so much easier. Yes, you need to have the talent. Yes, you need to do the work. But if you have all those little intangibles, and I was an intangible guy. When I played the game, I was intangible. You know what? They said, hey, be on the edge of the numbers. You can't be like a yard outside the number. You got to be right on the edge. Yep. So you 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 have... The intangibles that I really took to to heart because I knew that was going to make me better as a player, and now outside of the game with my foundation and what we do with kids and the boys and girls clubs and how we um, how we set up other guys in the league to be uh, community minded and have their own thing that they want to do. It's a uh, it's a phenomenal thing. I mean, we do a lot of givebacks. We every every holiday season we do uh, we do givebacks and different guys. Uh, areas uh Dante Dion. I don't know if you ever met Dante with the Rams. We were up in Fontana. We did a, a Christmas give back with him and his family. So that's just, that's called it paying it forward. Mm-hmm. You heard of that saying, pay it forward. Yep. Because you're blessed and you got to give that blessing back. And that's what I try to tell these young kids. I said, Hey man, sooner or later, you're not going to be playing this game no more. I don't care how good you are. What you do on the field, we can find that out. We can see that. We can go on the internet and find out, oh, that was a great play. But what you do off the field, most guys like to do it when nobody's watching. That's what I like to do. Nobody watching and then they go, oh, you, you've been doing that? You don't have to boast about that. Never did. They find out in their own way and then they go, oh, I didn't know you were doing that, man. That is awesome. That's the, that's the way I go about doing things. And, and we have all the players, Teresa has all these players that give back to their communities and where they play. And my foundation has a lot to do with what they're doing.
2: Yeah, go check out the uh foundation, AR eighty three foundation up on uh Instagram. You can go to Andre on the internet. Andre Reed is with us. Uh let's close in a couple of things. You're coming okay. out here for the Pro Bowl to Vegas. I just want to get your take on pro football in Las Vegas.
1: Uh we me and Mark talked about that just a minute ago. I think <laughs> I mean it is what it is. We all know what happened in Vegas uh, this season, you know, with the Raiders and 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 big big kudos to the Raiders though, and how they even got to the playoffs after all that. that that's that was week after week, or a couple weeks of things with Gruden and a couple of the players that did that. Uh, that was a phenomenal job about them even getting to the playoffs and 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 playing. I don't know, man. I just I'm like sixty forty on that. I'm like sixty. They should have never got a team there. Forty, okay. It is what it is. Vegas ain't going to change. In the year 30-30, Vegas is still going to be the same, if it's even there. So guys have to be a little bit more smart, obviously, and realize their surroundings and where they're at and don't think they're the Hercules.
2: Yeah, I guess at a minimum, after this year, the Vegas team has to operate a little bit differently. Like I was surprised that Mike Mayock admitted that they knew Damon Arnett had issues. With the Raiders, maybe when they're looking at draft prospects, if anyone has issues, I mean, I don't want to write someone off, but they got to seriously think about just taking them off the board. If someone has issues, Vegas is a yeah. very tough place to adjust to.
1: Yes, and and you know, Mark, when we came in the league, the rookie symposium and the, the symposiums with the with the NFLPA, mm-hmm. you had other players come in and talk to you about how to be a pro. And they still do that. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm getting a little chattered from back here. Uh <laughs> gee, I, I can't talk on here without hearing it from the other side. <laughs> welcome to the uh, welcome because, to the club. On, <laughs> let, me, let me finish what I'm doing. Um, so the rookie symposium, um, and they have players come in and talk to these players in, in different, you know, uh, different forms about how to be a pro, how to manage your money, how to go about doing this. And it seems like it's a cliche, but it, these guys need it, especially now with all these other outside things that are happening. You just, you know, just going to work and doing your job is, is like a task for a lot. It's like a task for a lot of them. Go to work, do your job, go home. Yeah, I mean, have fun and all, but know, know what you're doing and know that something, if something happens, there's, there's a possibility of something happening all the time. You know we came in a league that was just the paper <laughs> yeah <laughs> right you find something out you had to go down to to the, and get a paper or you have the paper delivered on your your doorstep. All these dudes have to do now, obviously is just get on their phone and click a button and what they say, click a button it's out there. what they do click a button it's out there you're not gonna you're not gonna get away with too many things, so that's that's what I think these guys have to realize and I think they do, but, you know, some of these guys are line steppers.
2: Uh, let's close on this. I assume you're picking the Bills against the Chiefs. How do they win?
1: Well, this is going to be a game, you know, the, the Bills have finished the league number one in, in defense uh, all year. I mean, they were number one in all category categories, points, points allowed, uh, third downs. I mean, if you look at it, there's like seven different categories the Bills were number one in this year in defense. So they – now, obviously, the Chiefs on offense have gotten their, their their offense going in the last half of the season. They got weapons everywhere. Andy Reid is such a guru on offense and uses all those guys in different ways. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. <clears throat> I mean, he can throw it underhand, overhand, sideways, falling down through his legs. He can do all <laughs> that stuff. So I think the key to this game is turnovers and how you you know capitalize on turnovers if they happen. And limiting the big play—it's always with Kansas City. Limiting the big play, and trying to get a couple turnovers here and there, and change field position. Field position is going to be really important in this game, because Kansas City gets lots of field, lots of yards in in droves. Um, on offense, they—you know—the Bills got to do what they've been doing. They almost had a perfect game. They got to run the ball, um, take their pick their spots to make the plays. You know that they have to. Get it to their playmakers, just like Kansas City or try to get it to their playmakers. And you'll know, play really good up front. And I said last week, this game was going to be won up front and the Bills really took care of the Patriots up front. <laughs> and obviously the Patriots aren't as good as the Chiefs. But this could be a game, again, that could be won in the trenches. So should be a good one to watch, guys. That's
2: Bills all-time great Andre Reed here on Cofield & Company.
4: I'm excited to watch it, man. I know, uh, you know, this this is for all the marbles. I know whoever wins this game has a really good
1: shot at going to the Super Bowl. I think whoever wins this game is going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, that I'm not saying anything about. I'm not taking Green Bay or or Tampa Bay out of it because those those teams are going to beat each other up. I I just think the Rams, the Rams. I think you know Tampa Bay's a little beat up on the offensive line. You can't bet against you can't bet against Brady but anyway. <laughs> Nobody wants to bet against Tom. Nobody, nobody wants to bet. And, and it's like ninety-nine point nine percent of the people do not bet against him. Yeah, the Rams defense get to him, and they can't. I mean, they got a great Aaron Donald's going to take two. You know, Jalen Ramsey's back there. They got a pretty good, pretty good secondary. And and Green Bay plays who now? Green Bay's Tampa Bay? No, San Fran. San Fran. Oh, see, San Fran has been that team. You know, there's one team every year that you just don't know. And that's been San Francisco. Yeah, they can go in, they can go in there and, and, and shot Green Bay. I don't think it's gonna happen. Right. But it's at nighttime.
4: They make sure it's at nighttime. It's gonna be nice oh, and cold. You know the teleboys.
1: Those afternoon games, they're gonna make sure it's like two and a half thousand <laughs> degrees. <laughs> got Debo, man. So Debo has yeah. got to really come up. Debo got to come up really big, man. You know what? I think he's a t- top five receiver in the game. Debo. Yeah,
2: right. Andre. We appreciate your time today. Thank you so much.
1: I appreciate it, guys. Hey, thanks for having me on, uh, Mark. You know how I feel about you, man. You're you're a classy dude. Um, we have a lot of fun at the golf tournament every year when you come out, and uh, really respect you not only as a player but as a person and what you're doing. So keep doing what you're doing, man. And anytime you need uh, me on here, we can we can talk some more stuff, man. So it's all good. All right, man. I appreciate it. You got it, guys.
2: There he is, Andre Reed, Hall of Famer, all-time great Buffalo Bill, picking the Bills. Mark's going with the Chiefs. Uh, what do you think about what he said with the the NFC? Can uh, Jimmy G kind of beat up, even with Debo Samuel, go in in the cold weather and take out Rodgers?
4: Um, like you said, any anything can happen in the playoffs. I always say that. People just look at the records, they look at the weather, they say Aaron Rodgers. There's no way you can come in and, but Tampa Bay did it last year. You know they went into Lambeau and, and got the victory and then went on to win the Super Bowl. So Jimmy G is just have to be himself. You know, don't turn the ball over. They have a really good running game. And like Andre said, Debo is one of the top receivers in the National Football League. The guy lines up as tight end, tailback, and wideout, And sometimes they use him in the Wildcat. So whenever you have a dynamic player like that that you have to game plan for, it makes it really tough on the defensive side of the ball. So it is Lambeau. It's going to be cold as heck. Uh, But anything can happen in the playoffs.
2: What do you got going on this weekend? What are you doing for the games?
4: Oh, I'm gonna be grilling. You know me, man. I'll be grilling McMillan. You know, I got some uh, I got a pork butt that I'm gonna put on my smoker. So I'm excited about that. I'm gonna just kick back and watch some uh, some NFL football. College football is over. So I'm a little pissed off the way to Alabama ended the season. But you know, it's going to be some some great games this weekend. And I'm excited uh, to watch it. You know, I really get excited when playoff football because it's all about matchups. Now, if you're the fan you know, all that stuff during the regular season doesn't matter. They find one weak spot on the defense and offensive side of the ball, and they attack that. Know how I know? Because I was one of the weak links in Philadelphia when <laughs> Eric Allen was on the other side, and the Cowboys was attacking me.
2: <laughs> Mark, you have a good weekend. Appreciate the hookup with Andre Reed. Thank you so much.
4: I right, appreciate it, Steve.
2: Excellent spot there with Mark McMillan and Andre Reed. Giveaway time. Caller number seven, three six four eleven hundred-three six four one one zero zero. Let's give away tickets to the big knot fest road show going down on June 17th at MGM Grand Garden Arena. Tickets went on sale this morning. If you don't win these, you can get them right now at AXS.com. It's Slipknot and special guest Cypress Hill. Friday, June seventeenth, MGM Grand Garden Arena. Great show. Coming up on June 17th, call our 7 right now, 364
0: 1100. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Now, back to Cofield and Company. We don't have our
1: full roster. Y'all know we don't have our full roster. Stop asking me, stupid questions about if I feel like I can do something. If I had my roster like they did, then I feel like I can do whatever I want to do. I'm coaching really hard. My boys are playing really hard. I'm not embarrassed about nothing. We have four freshmen starting. Y'all need to act like it. Act like we got 17, to 18, and 19-year-olds out here trying to learn how to play against 22, 23, and 24-year-old guys. Come on, man. Penny Hardaway, coach at Memphis. High-level
2: recruiter. Uh, the results aren't there this year, and you hear – Whether you want to call them excuses or facts, I guess you can debate it. They lost to SMU, pretty good team, and he's snapping off on the media. So it's a uh, do-it-for-me-now business when you recruit top 100 players on your roster, whether they're healthy or not. People don't care. They just want to win.
3: Uh I will say I, I don't think that that was a rant about excuses because no, it, I'm w- saying
2: he was listing excuses. He was listing excuses. You could, those are also legit reasons. Yes, that but they're, I, they're but beat it, up, but people don't want to hear it.
3: But the sound, I, but the sound, uh, the sound of it to me is is that he has said this over an extended period of time over losses, and it's apparent that this is, and the way that it was worded uh, is it embarrassing the way you're losing. And it, 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 the way he answered, it sounds to me like that question has been asked before, and so he's going to just keep saying the same thing. So he could either keep saying the same thing, you know, or he can finally just tell him what he told him today. So I, so, I'd what, like what, to, so I'd like,
2: we, we've been through this with Vegas Golden Knights again. Hockey players and coaches are very immature, childish at times. They walk off all the time. We saw Gallant do it. We saw DeBoer do it. Um, you know, you're paid to do a job when you're not winning. Okay, so you, I the, think you can also keep your composure and just answer the questions. Last night. You know, we talked to Kevin Krueger, a couple of us, after they lost that Air Force, and he gave us answers, you know, yep. and, and they're, they're listen, they, they're down two guards going into the game. I think that hurt them. They weren't good defensively against all the cutting of Air Force, but bottom line on the other side is Air Force has a senior average of 16 points a game. Most of the team are freshmen, and they have some good freshmen. UNLV could have and should have won the game, but for 25 minutes in the middle of the game, they didn't play well, okay, and, and expectations are that you know unlv should be a top five program in the Mountain West conference and does need to win games at air force
3: okay unlv's been inc- inconsistent all year all other than but they've been they've been beating teams they are supposed to beat mm-hmm. outside of last night you mentioned the golden knights so if Mark stone is on covid and Max Patta is a broken wrist and alex Mart- Alec Martinez has a is recovering from a slash across the face. Okay, so they played sluggish last night. But it's fair for us to to ask him questions because earlier in the year, when they were missing William Carlson on top of Stone Pacioretty, and they went on a winning run after a 1-4 and four start, and all of a sudden they were getting it done with a ton of Henderson Silver Knights guys and prospects and young players, they showed and proved that they can win. So it's so fair to say, hey... What's taking place now that's different? If a team has been inconsistent once they got shorthanded, and the same thing is occurring, <clears throat> right. then I get, it. I kind of get it. So from the Knights the coaches almost set
2: themselves party. up by being successful, and it's like, hey, something changed. Somehow you were, ska- you were skating by, pun intended. Yeah. what's changed?
3: What happened? Yeah. What, 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 what happened from when you were really shorthanded? You're shorthanded, or you're really shorthanded, but I mean, I'd have to go back and look at it, the exact number of minutes and who's missing here, but they went through a time when Stone was out, Pacioretty was out, Carlson was out. They were missing key players. They were missing defenders. They had multiple COVID issues. They had coaches off the bench, and yet they went through... A winning stretch. Because these young guys, you know what? These young, hungry guys that wanted to prove that, hey, come the playoff time when you expand that roster, I'm worthy. Or come time for me to get uh, promoted in a couple of years, I've been there. I've done it. I've handled it. I've seen it. Or later this season, if COVID hits or injuries hit, they're now battle-tested down the line to the team over in Henderson. So with teams that have struggled – when they were shorthanded the entire time, then it's pretty cut and dry that that is the reason. It's not an excuse. It's it, That took place for the Golden Knights to use that. And that's why DeBoer said I'm not going to use it as an excuse because it would be an excuse because you've already gotten it done when you were shorthanded.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Evans is his running back. He's a safety,
2: in trouble, and down he goes. Mad Max Crosby with a sack number 52 against Burrow this season, and Mad
0: Max leads the swim off the field. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas.
2: Brent with the call there. We'll see if uh, Joe Burrow is going to stay clean this weekend. Bengals better against the Titans. You know, the Titans are ready to freaking grind it out, keep the ball away from the Bengals' high-powered offense as they do have the beast, uh, Derek Henry, back. The Titans do. We'll get to some playoff picks, breakdown Leans' likes in the 4 o'clock hour. We're heading towards the Kevin Kruger Radio Show, 5 o'clock tonight, live at the Orleans Casino. You know, there's so much football content that comes down on social media. Uh, I take a lot of it with a grain of salt because a lot of it's not very well-sourced. There was some weird list. Uh, I saw it. You saw it. Some pro football
3: journal, all pro team. Who puts this together? It's it, And I'm going off of my colleague, Josh Dubow. He was answering to somebody because that person replied to him saying, I enjoy what you guys do or something to the effect. You stick to this. and He goes, yeah, well, that's not the AP poll. We have our own all-pro, but his answer was that it is made up of a panel of media members that includes some former players, GMs, coaches that are on the panel who are now in the media. So, Did, did it, you
2: go to this website? Yes. It looks like it was put together for $5. Right. I mean, are we really going to do this?
3: I mean, the, the background, the, the, the wallpaper is, is a legal pad. Did you notice that?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty chintzy looking. And then the uh, the stuff that Raiders fans noticed was that uh, looks like a high school guys project. like Daniel Carlson, AJ Cole, Max Crosby uh, didn't get any honors, first or second team. Uh, and this isn't to bag on the guy, but uh, John Simpson, who struggled much of the year for Vegas, was a second team All Pro. I mean, come on, at guard. So when I saw this, I looked at it for two seconds. But for some reason, you sent it over. How come? It's clearly it's it's either just some 14-year-old who put this together or it's trolling.
3: No, I sent it over so we could clown on it because I found it ironic that the two raiders that made it happened to be offensive linemen. The one area and it, and I'll
2: give it this, I mean it did well, Colt em- Miller's Colt Miller did have a good year. I don't know that he's one no, of the best two tackles in No, no, no I'm not football. bagging
3: on to the players themselves. Yeah, you're same what, position. I'm just saying in general the people the, the ones that didn't make the list should have the ones that did came from a unit in which we were very critical of kind for of the struggled. majority of the season. Miller was good. Yeah, Miller was good, and the whole line improved as the season went on. Um, you know, and got and you get you get down to it, but yeah, I just I found it very funny.
2: So we're seeing uh, more and more news on GM candidates and potential head coaching candidates, all the coaching stuff. The coaching stuff's been pretty quiet for the Raiders. We'll uh, On the way back, we'll hit a guy who actually turned down a request from the Raiders. I, I wonder why.
0: Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota.